take the time to read Acts chapter 8 through Acts chapter 13 and ponder this. If Paul, who was first Saul, had not been persecuting believers, the church may have remained stagnant, never scattered to become missionaries, never preached Christ anywhere but Jerusalem to the Jews, and never preached to the Samaritans and Gentiles. That's us. That's you and me. And we may still be lost. Always remember, God has a reason for allowing everything. Let's talk about it. In today's cruel culture and wounded world, you deserve some good news. And Jesus has taken the punishment for every single person that's in this room. He put the curse in reverse. And just like Adam turned a garden into a grave, Jesus turned a grave into so a garden. So now it's just grace upon grace upon grace and favor upon favor upon favor. But we're still here. And we're still standing. And we got Jesus, so we've got the victory. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Preacher Think, where I take thoughts downloaded from God and upload them to you via the lens of grace and kingdom. I am the creator and the host of Preacher Think, Chad Joyner, and I am excited to talk with you today about what it is that we're going to share. And this is the thought that we're going to jump off from. Take the time to read Acts chapter 8 through Acts chapter 13 and ponder this. If Paul, who was first Saul, had not been persecuting believers, the church may have remained stagnant, never scattered to become missionaries, never preached Christ anywhere but Jerusalem to the Jews, never become missionaries at all and preached to Samaritans and Gentiles, that's us, that's you and me, and we may still be lost. Always remember, God has a reason for allowing everything. I absolutely love that this thought that I journaled back in 2017 resurfaced because we're currently in a message series at our church called Back to the Basics, where we're studying the book of Acts and the early church seeing how they operated in the midst of a changing world. In Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, I'll give you just a, a Cliff Notes version of what's happening. Uh, the gospel of grace was spreading like wildfire, and the church was growing by leaps and bounds. Now, Saul, a Jew of all Jews, religious leader of all religious leaders, hated the movement and with the approval of the religious establishment, started snuffing out believers for their belief in Jesus. Now, y'all got to think about something here and remember that Saul was the very definition of no mercy, and he came down hard on believers, murdering some, arresting others, and throwing them in prison. And see, the ones that did escape Saul's wrath, they scattered to Judea and Samaria, among other places. All of a sudden, the beauty that came out of such destruction is the church was on the move and wherever they went, the scripture says that they preached the good news. 
Now, the church had the grand opportunity to demonstrate the Great Commission to take the good news to all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to follow and obey his commands, which you guys have heard me talk about before, the new covenant commands of 1 John 3, 23, believe in the one that God sent, who is Jesus, and, and love one another. So the church was literally being broadcasted like a farmer that reaches into a bucket or a bag to grasp a handful of seed to sling it into the soil to produce a crop of new believers. The church found itself smack dab in the middle of grassroots organic missionary work that it didn't even ask to be a part of because of this persecution that came on the church. They were squarely set, central to the movement of the truth, the ministry of Jesus, the promotion of the gospel, and to boot, listen to this, they were doing so among those that had originally been the lonely, the looked over, the left out, that Jesus himself had chosen to manifest himself to. The gospel was being shared with those outside the house, so to speak. He was being shared with the ones that didn't have the right lineage or the right heritage that were born on the wrong side of the tracks. And who did they have to thank for this? Who do we have to thank for this? For what happened for being pushed to purpose from persecution? Saul. Saul, who would soon be converted himself and have his name changed to Paul. Now, uh, whether we want to view it this way or not, despite the violent nature of persecution, Saul did all of us a solid, y'all. He did every single one of us one of the greatest favors he could ever do. Think about this. The rash nature of religion Saul was operating under not only drives people to the end of themselves where Jesus meets them, in this context, it drove converted Jews out of hoarding the gospel to themselves in order to take it to the nations. Again, We've got to remember, like I said from the outset, God has a purpose for everything. Nothing is wasted in the kingdom, even the allowance of persecution. Now, don't say what I'm not saying. God didn't cause the persecution, yet Saul was allowed a certain uh, intensity and capacity in which to do so and what and what was meant for bad. God turned to good. God is not the causation of our persecution. He's not the causation of our suffering, but he did allow it in this sense. And what it was meant for bad, God turned for good. Now, because this did happen, think about this. Think about the good that came out of it. Here it is. The gospel was shared again throughout Judea, Samaria, Ethiopia, Europe, Rome, the Western world, and all over the globe. Listen to what else came out of this mass sharing of the gospel. Ethnic barriers were broken. 
It did not matter if you were black, brown, white, red, yellow, green, or polka dot. The gospel was shared and ethnic barriers were broken. Cultural barriers were broken. Uh, uh, economic barriers were broken. There is no barrier that can stand up to the good news of Jesus Christ when he wants to infiltrate and engage a people to let them know that they are completely loved and accepted in the beloved. The previously disqualified were converted and became accepted in the beloved. Listen to this. The sick were healed. The dead were raised. Miracle signs and wonders were breaking out all over the place. Holy Spirit was manifesting his power in and through believers of all personalities. Those who had A-type personalities that were energetic, those who had personalities that were uh, uh, more coy and more calm, Holy Spirit was manifesting his power in and through these believers of all types of personalities and people were coming to the knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They were believing him and receiving him. Community was being forged around the common union of grace personified, who is Jesus, this common union around the gospel. And as I said earlier, the very one being used as the catalyst or the causation of the spread of the good news for all the wrong reasons, Saul, Saul and his bent toward persecuting the saints, he was converted himself, y'all. The one Saul, the one Saul turned to Paul that once held papers to persecute, now housed Holy Spirit within him to be a herald of the gospel. The one driving people out like a cattle rancher became the one drawing the nations in, leading them like a loving father, a loving shepherd. The one that was hell-bent on scattering souls via religion became the one scattering the seeds of the gospel via personal relationship with the Savior. Now, you got to remember, Paul didn't, and, and, and here's the deal, Paul didn't get the gospel secondhand, but rather straight from the very source of Jesus on the backside of an Arabian desert. So he was scattering the seeds of the gospel that he had heard preached in his very ears from the mouth of Jesus. His, but here's the thing, when he was Saul, his ill attempt at robbing the world of abundant life it was stymied and steered toward invigorating the church to share the glorious news of the gospel, not in a stagnant, stationary means of only their own people tuning their ears to the truth, just Jewish people, but in a substantive move of God that all would hear the truth made available to them with no respect of persons. I mean, I want you to think about this. It's like God allowed Holy Spirit to nearly close shop at home in Jerusalem so Saul and his band of misfits could seemingly eliminate people of faith, which ultimately elevated the gospel and the church. Now, we may not fully know or agree with or understand the method to God's madness, so to speak, perhaps ultimately for the protection of the church not to become stale with uh, familiarity that breeds contempt, but maybe 
to prepare these Jewish hearts of the people to receive the truth of a bigger family with inclusion of all types of cultures and personalities. Whatever the case, we must simply trust that the creator knows better than us the creation. God was preparing the hearts of these Jewish believers to really take, again, being this, this gospel is an inclusive gospel. And he was sharing with them, it is no longer about exclusion, whereas Jews over here and the rest of the world know this this gospel is for everyone. This good news is for all people of all types and all kinds. And the sad thing is, is here we are over 2000 years later, 2023, and the religious view still among so much of the church culture is exclusivity. If you've got a certain sin in your life, if you've got a certain challenge, if you've got a certain problem that you've not found a solution to, then you cannot or you are not qualified to believe in Jesus, to receive Jesus, to come into our brick and mortar buildings. But the beauty of the gospel says that he does not dwell in buildings made of hands and he has made himself readily available to everybody, Jew and Gentile alike. Again, black, white, Hispanic, brown. I don't care what type of culture and background you've done. I don't care about what you're struggling with. I don't care about what your challenges are in life. I don't care about what your issues are in life. We've got to come to the realization that God's ability to correct is so much greater than our ability to mess up what he's already done, the finished work of the cross. And he knows better than us, the creation. I mean, think about this, y'all. How often do we blame the devil? When a door in our lives closes or we're pushed out of our comfort zone. How many times have we done that in our own personal lives? But can we just consider this? What if Holy Spirit closed that door? What if Holy Spirit is coaxing us out of our comfort zones, just like the persecution that Saul brought on the Jewish believers in Jerusalem pushed them out of their comfort zones to go and share the gospel to all of nations. Can we just consider that? What if Holy Spirit is coaxing us out of our comfort zones? I mean, think about this. After all, he did thrust Jesus into discomfort in the wilderness right after we see the most beautiful display of comfort in all of scripture with Jesus being baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist and being commissioned for ministry, Holy Spirit in the way of a dove landing upon him and the sky cracking open for the thunderous voice of God to announce, this is my son and who I am well pleased. It was at that moment, if you go immediately to the next verse of scripture, it says, and the Holy Spirit thrust him into the wilderness, a place of barrenness, a place of discomfort. Now, I just want to just, I want us to consider this. If that could happen to Jesus as a son, and we're sons with Christ living in us, sons and daughters. And again, ladies, I don't mean this this is not gender specific because if if guys can be the bride of Christ, you ladies, you can be the sons of God. We if we if this can happen to Jesus as a son and we're sons with Christ living in us, what 
if that was a possibility and is a possibility for us. And because we're dearly loved by Christ, it's interesting that no sooner has one door closed that another one opens. Hence the door of the gospel in Jerusalem being nearly slammed shut by Saul's persecution in order for it to that same door to be open to all of the world. That door of the gospel for to, to go out to all of the nations as believers were scattered to the four winds. So what's the lesson here? What is it that we can learn from this? Here it is. In the midst of uncertainty, we can trust that our God is at work in our life and knows exactly where he's leading us, his bride, his church, with his message. Even if it's in the midst of being pushed to our purpose via persecution. The early, listen to this, the early church was persecuted for the sake of the gospel with an intention of the message being smothered out. But the message still met its intended end of being shared all over the planet. And today, all over the world, believers are still being persecuted and Jesus and his church are still being rejected. But listen to this. Christianity still has the most followers worldwide with over 2.2 billion believers. That is nearly a quarter of the world, y'all. The message of the gospel is still reaching its intended end for the world to know Jesus because Jesus loves the world. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave a gift. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Whosoever would believe in him, whosoever the individual that is in Western culture in the United States, the individual who is in South America, the individual who is struggling with poverty in Haiti, the individual who may be face down in a ditch in New Delhi, India. It does not matter where you are. It doesn't matter the circumstances that are surrounding you. It doesn't matter what's coming at you, but it's all about the Jesus who wants to live in you because again, for God so loved the world that he gave a gift, his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. So actually, what I would like to do is I just want to say thank you to some people. <laughs> I want to say thank you. Thank you, Saul who later became Paul, for becoming a means to an end, taking up the temporary mantle of persecutor to ultimately become the greatest apostolic positioner of people to receive the gospel, having written two-thirds of the new covenant of God's grace. Ultimately, what you did, Paul, made you or had you become the greatest apostolic positioner of people to receive the gospel. I don't want to just thank Paul. 
But I also want to thank the early church for literally running for the hills, as they say, running for the hills of Judea, running for the hills of Samaria and the world to do one thing, to express and exhibit the good news to all people in all places at all times and to all people of all kinds. And last but certainly not least, not only do I want to thank Paul, not only do I want to thank the early church, but I would love to take just a moment to thank the source, Jesus, for looking down the timeline of the early church and even the church today, not being the causation of the persecution, but seeing the burden that would come on his bride and allowing all that was meant to stifle his message to only strengthen it in relationship and geographical scope because the message of the gospel has gone all over the planet. Man, it is amazing how no matter how fragile the world has tried to make Jesus out to be, nothing and no one could ever stop him, his ministry, or his message of saving keeping and empowering grace. So again, I want you to read Acts chapter eight verses uh, or chapter eight through 13 when you get an opportunity and just ponder this. Think about this. Consider this. If Paul, who was first Saul, had not been persecuting believers, the church may have remained stagnant never scattered to become missionaries, never preached Christ anywhere but Jerusalem to the Jews, never preached to Samaritans and Gentiles, us, you and me, and we may still be lost. But God saw fit and better with a plan that, yes, we may not understand, but the plan worked and the good news has gone forth. And the gospel of grace is still being preached loud and clear today. Always remember, God has a reason for allowing everything. Well, we're about to run out of time, but we hope that you have enjoyed the show today. We hope that you'll connect with us. And of course, we hope that you continue to live out your life at the pace of grace. You guys be blessed. Want to share the good news? You can support Preacher Think by sharing it with everyone using the share button. You can stay connected to Preacher Think via Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and various podcast streaming platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about what the gospel has done for you, message us or leave them in the comment section. You can also email us at preacherthink at gmo.com. Thanks for tuning in.